0: Ho, 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 What's that you say, Raymond? Little Stewie's in a well. Oh, no. It's time to celebrate Christmas. Let's see what gifts Santa has for you in his bag. Welcome to Baseball Biz. It's the Raise Up Christmas edition. And with me today, I'm Mark Carbid. by the way, from you can find me at the Baseball Biz on Twitter, all right here. And none other than my fantastic co-host and Santa himself, none other than Brandon Noe. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. So what kind of gifts are you gonna bring me this Christmas? Um, hopefully a good show. <laughs> and audio <laughs> levels at work. <laughs> That'll be something new and refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right, brother. I tell you what. So, this was our special raise up edition. I'm always excited about these because you and I, being true Tampa Bay Ray fans, it's great to be able to do a show like this. You know, we can look and this one at the type of gifts we could give to the Rays. And we're going to talk about some of that. We could talk about some resolutions. And we're going to look at people that are new to the Rays. Some of them are going to be leaving the Rays, and some old faces that are going to be coming back with a little bit different paycheck. (laughs) So, (laughs) that being said, uh, we'll get cracking. Let's see here, Brandon. So, the holiday gifts, and looking at the Rays, one of the ones we got right off the bat, a gentleman whose name I didn't anticipate and didn't see, and that was Mr. Michael Waka, a right-handed pitcher. Waka-waka. Waka-waka. Fozzie Bear. And... (laughs) Coming in here, and Razor, you know, we're rather conservative where we spend our money. And here we are with the right-handed pitcher, and we're going to be, uh, well, we're doing what a lot of people are doing right now. He's going to be doing, he's going to be a one-year contract for $3 million.
1: Yeah, he hasn't had the greatest past few years. He had a couple of good years there with St. Louis about five years ago, but last year very rough year, only 1-4, sixty two ERA, and only Ouch. 35 innings pitched. I mean, it seems like another low-risk, high-reward move that the Rays are thinking. Well, and it's worked out for them before.
0: Well, that's the thing. You know, I mean, to me, it sounds like Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, is going to have his work cut out for him.
1: Yeah, and if it works out for him, they can say, ah, waka waka. <laughs> waka
0: waka. And I'm sure that's going to be a chant, you know, right. in the stadium as well. But it. I don't think the Rays usually make poor decisions. Eric Neander, every now and then I look at it and say, Eric, Eric, what are you doing, man? And it's like, you know, a few months later, go, damn, that was great. You know, he's it's been so easy to, to criticize him, especially when you have a favorite player of yours and you see him going away and you're saying, you got rid of him? Why? And, and who's this other guy? So we'll talk a little bit about some of Eric's decisions that have been really some holiday gifts there. Yeah,
1: I'm, there's countless trades over the years we can look back and say, at first, it's like, why are you doing this? This is dumb. And then end up a few months later, it's like, wow, that was a genius move. They practically robbed them.
0: It, exactly. We, You know, we talked long ago about the Pittsburgh trade with Archer and who we got back from that with Austin Meadows. And who else was that on that one? I'm trying to remember. Who was the other person that we got with Austin? Charlie Ma- now? I believe. Yeah. There you go. Jeez and crackers. you talking about a raised memory slide. I didn't get that one. So, but... <laughs>
1: it was basically like a robbery at gunpoint without a ski mask. Oh. He just walked in there and said, give me these two guys. I'll give you Archer.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm very thankful for that piece that Eric brought us. And, you know, what I was wondering about, too, is talking about our race. Who were we going to have for a catcher? I was... I was so discontented when Darno we didn't sign him. You know, we, we had him here for a couple of years, and then he went ahead and moved on. And I was really hoping the Rays would dig deep in the pockets to keep him. But catching now, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm looking here. You know, Mike Zanino, I thought, well, we got Mike. He, he's a pretty good player. But he was asking $4.5 and the Rays had pass. That, that's a little much for him,
1: but, I mean – I think he's great behind the plate and everything you get, you know, in the batter's box is an added bonus because we saw it in the playoffs. He was basically keeping them in games because our pitchers couldn't throw a strike. They would just bounce it in the dirt almost every other pitch.
0: Yeah. He puts his whole body behind that thing. Uh, And when he comes to the plate, he can make a big difference sometimes. It's just not, not, not off enough as some of us would make. So while they, uh, the Rays, rejected that $4.5 million option, they did come back and say, hey, how about you come back and we do it for $2 million for one year. And, you know, in 2002, if we don't want to do it again, we'll, we'll actually give you another million bucks. That was something that was, you know, was acceptable, obviously, to Mike Zanino. And I'm glad we got him back. He's a friendly face. He's a performer. And, you know, for that price, they've definitely got that. Hopefully, what they'll take, any money saved there, and they're going to put it to even another pitcher who I'll never say replace Charlie Morton, but maybe there's somebody else there. I don't think we're going to see Trevor Barr What about you?
1: Oh, I'd love to see him, but I think it has a bit too high of a asking price to get him for the raise.
0: Yeah. I don't see him and his agent saying much about the potential with the raise out there on Twitter and everything else to boot, but Mike Z, I am so glad we got him back. You know, we, we lost Mikey Perez, and uh, so let's see. I mean, w- there's a few others, what, as far as possibly upcoming catchers? Yeah, the catching,
1: there's not a whole lot of big names out there, and we were both talking before the show. We don't know who these guys are, which says a lot. But at AAA, we have Rene Pinto. He could possibly be coming up in a few years, but he's at AAA, and – At AA, we have Chris Betts, who was drafted in the second round about five years ago, and Ronaldo Hernandez, who is the 15th overall prospect in the Rays organization, and Logan Driscoll at AA, who is the 48th overall prospect, and all the way down in um, single A, we have Herberto Hernandez, who we'll talk more about later, who they just acquired. But he's a number three overall prospect in the Rays organization, but he's all the way down at Single A, so he's still a, a couple years away from seeing major league action.
0: We'll see how this plays out. I mean, as far as you know, Zanino, glad to have him back. We're going to see how some of those other players may come up to the you know to the big show. I don't know. We'll, we'll see that. But we have some other things to be thankful for too. Is some of these holiday, holiday gifts, and and one of them is Mister. Wander Franco, I I thought he was a gift underneath the tree last year, but nobody opened it.
1: He's he's somebody that Rays fans have been begging to see get a shot at the major league level, but it just seems like he just they're wanting to keep him down there, of course, because of like the super two rules and all those fancy free agency rules that we talked about on here. But I don't really know a whole lot about. It's a little above my my knowledge level, but. He's someone I'd love to see up here, and he'd make this team
0: better. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's been a lot of excitement about him over the last couple years. I mean, just as far as how he did as a prospect, how he's been doing in the minors. And then the other question, though, becomes, once Wander comes up to the big stage, once he's here, what happens to our favorite shortstop, Mr. Willie Adamas?
1: This idea I've had for a couple years now, and I don't know what you think, but when it's time for Franco to come up, I was thinking move Wendell to third and then move Adamas to second because we've seen him have trouble a lot of times over the past couple of years. You know, short hop and throws into first base where fielding isn't his big issue. It's throwing the ball over. So I was thinking that, you know, the, the shorter throw would help him out and then put Franco at shortstop.
0: Where are you going to put Brandon Lau? Maybe a DH,
1: possibly outfield, because he's played. We've seen him; he can play like all over the place, kind of like what Ben Zobris would do. I think maybe yeah, you know that. what I
0: think you. Yeah, I, I think you don't know money. Just, I hear parallels. Some people every now and then bring up Zobris as a template of uh, the top, you know, type of multi-level player. And I, I believe you're right. I think Brandon Lau has that capability. So it sounds like there is a plan. Uh, Raise, if you know, you, you might listen to our good buddy here, you know, Mr. Brandon No Way. He's got some insights that, that are well worth listening to. And we invite all of our listeners to reach out to Brandon at the Sports Blitz One on Twitter. And you can reach out.
1: Oh, I, hmm? I actually changed it to the Sports Blitz Pod.
0: The Sports, Sports Blitz, Blitz, Blitz Pod. Pod. The Sports Blitz Pod. Okay. So at the Sports Blitz Pod, P O D. Okay, boys and girls, this is a newsflash. So make sure you write <laughs> that down. And anything you want to say to Brandon, you can certainly do it there, or you can reach out to both of us at the Baseball Biz. So okay, thanks again, Brandon. We'll go into that. and looking a little further down. Here is a holiday gift that we got back in two thousand seventeen, and it's been kind of set to the side as well. But that's Mister Brent Hun- uh, Mister Honeywell here. We uh, we brought him in here, and one of the things with Mr. Honeywell is that poor man has suffered through, I think, about four different elbow surgeries. Anybody who has a perseverance to stick around and play the game, they have my respect, and the Rays have my respect for sticking with this guy, too. It's like, I think it'd be real easy to just turn your back on him and say, well, you know, we'll just scratch him off as a mistake. He's somebody that's not going to be able to perform like we wanted to. He's not so much a mistake when you're measuring all these players sometimes as components or as commodities, and they're much more than that. I think that's, that's how I see it.
1: Yeah. I remember when he was coming up through the ranks, a lot of people were talking about him, you know, similar to what you know you and I are talking about with Wander Franco, but him as a pitcher, they thought he would be like the next great raised pitcher. And, you know, he hasn't pitched since September of 2017 at the AAA level at least in a game, which a, a very long time, I mean, I was just out of high school when that happened. So that tells you how long that was and have four <laughs> surgeries, have four surgeries and not even, or just over a three year span. It'd be very easy for you know him to give up and the Rays to give up on him and just slap the injury prone label on him. But that just goes to show, you know, his toughness and you know, how much the Rays believe in him going forward.
0: Yeah, I'm sort of looking to, you know, to greater things for him as well. And we'll let's see what happens here in 2021. Another big gift in 2020 was Mr. Randy Orozarena. Woof! Who thought we'd see all that kind of magic coming in, especially postseason?
1: I mean, I didn't. And you and I have talked multiple times over the season even when this trade you know, really happened, we were like, why? we don't really need an outfielder because we had Yoshi, Kiermaier, Margot, and even Lau would go out there and play outfield. We really didn't think we needed one. And it turned out we really did need one because once they brought him in, he really carried this team because they definitely would have made the World Series if it wasn't for him.
0: Yeah, I, we have definitely been you know, very – Grateful to have him, and he was a very special gift this last year. So thanks again, Randy, and look, again, looking forward to seeing a lot more from you in 2021. Now, we're also seeing a gift that we're giving people, a bit of a departure of a of a player, a favorite player of mine, and I, probably yours as well, and that's our first baseman, Mr. Nate Lowe. And I was wondering if you could share us with us the story of that, Brandon.
1: Yeah, this trade really, it really upset me because it took away a future topic I had of who is a future first baseman for the Rays. So we had to throw that one out, which really upset me. I was proud of that topic. But on this one, he was a first first baseman in, in the Rays organization along with his brother, Josh. And you know what I'll really take away from his time here is they were both up at the Rays at one point in the beginning of last year. And they got their family picture taken, I believe it was in Baltimore, by Brandon Lau. So <laughs> you know, they're, they're all names is spelt the same, but it's pronounced completely different. So a little bit of a funny twist there. But back to the baseball side. If this two years in the majors, he only played seventy one games, never really got never really got a, a solid footing up here. He hit two fifty one with three twenty two on base percentage, four forty seven slugging. 11 homers, 30 RBIs, and he was traded to the Rangers along with Jake Gunther and a player to be named later for Herberto Hernandez, a catcher, who I talked about earlier, and infielder uh, Slevis Basave and outfielder Alexander Ovalas. I believe I pronounced those right. And going to Hernandez, he is a catcher, he's a 20th overall prospect in baseball, he was a primarily a catcher but played outfielder and first base a little bit. He hit 320 with a 450 on-base percentage, a 635 slugging with 23 homers and 98 RBIs in two seasons, but he never appeared above single A. So that's why I said earlier he's a few years away. And Basabe, he's the 24th overall prospect. At all levels he's hit 334 with a 386 on-base, 443 slugging. One homer, but sixty-seven RBIs and twenty stolen bases in only ninety-four games, with eighty-nine coming in the minors and five in a foreign league. And lastly, Ovalas. He hit only one eighty-seven in twenty-four games in 2019 Spokane with the Rangers, which is their or was their single A team at the time. But in 25 games for the Arizona League Rangers, which is in rookie ball, he hit 377 with a 4.37 on base percentage and a 6.23 slugging percentage. So, you know, not the greatest year for him in 2019 with Sokan, but he seemed to bounce back in rookie ball, so interesting to see where he goes.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing about this is, well, these players who are in rookie or the minors, last year they they, they didn't have anything. You know, the, uh, there was no minor leagues, so they're... The, most of these major league teams weren't really able to sit down and do much player development with them. Now they, there were other leagues and there, there were still some things happening. And as you all know out there, the rookie leagues are gone. They're absolutely gone. But some of the crops it's, that were from there, you know, are still available. And you're looking here, what you're saying, Basabi and Ovale, So you're looking at uh, what you're saying, Basabi's what, a 334 batting average. That's huge. Now, I understand that's in the minors. And how does that translate into the major league? We'll find out.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to hit, you know, three thirty-four in the majors, but he's not a power hitter. He seems more like a contact hitter and the stolen bases, which you know I love, you know, movement on the base pass, trying to steal bases, which is something that I think the Rays could really use.
0: I know looking here too at Ovalis and looking at the three seven seven batting average. But that was what, in a single A-league?
1: That was in uh, rookie ball.
0: Rookie ball. Okay. A couple more down. My apologies. So, again, these are great numbers. But like you said earlier, I think it's going to take a couple of years before we actually see them anywhere near here. They've got a lot to learn yet. And even though there's some really promising stats here, we'll see if they get to the point where the Rays feel, you know what, Let's bring you guys up. We're seeing it and we expect great things. Maybe not a 377, maybe not a 386, but, you know, pretty daggone high. I mean, so I, I'm excited about that. We'll see how that develops over the next couple of years. Is that a delayed Christmas gift? Is that one that Santa's, you know, just didn't get here in time that we'll get a little later? Is that how, how we should see that?
1: Maybe it is, you know, sort of like a, a layaway option.
0: Yeah, I like the layaway option better. <laughs> so these are layaway options for future Christmases for the Rays. That's yeah, pretty cool, man. Hey, you know, you were talking about the relationship uh, briefly here about Nate and Josh, and I thought it was interesting that both of those folks, both of them, were selected in the 2016 June amateur draft. Um, Nate's about three years older than his than his younger brother Josh. And Nate was, let's see, he was playing for college team, Mississippi State University, while Josh was playing at high school level. And uh, Pope High School, he's he's a center fielder and third baseman. Now, there was a time earlier where both of these guys, if you ever search on YouTube, you might find it where Josh and Nate actually did a little talk show back and forth bantering with one another about the Stone Crabs. And that was, that was pretty humorous to watch. I saw that a couple of years ago. But Nate Lowe, we're going to miss you, dude. Uh, it was great having you here. And I think we all see a bright future for you wherever you're at.
1: Yeah, hopefully he, he actually gets a shot to play out there in Texas, which it sounds like he's going to get a chance to compete for the first base job. And hopefully he can take full advantage of it.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Okay, everybody, so – Now let's take a look at here at the Rays Up Baseball Edition for Christmas. We're going to take a look at gifts that have been sent and returned. And we'll call this a Cardinal Christmas story. January 2020, the Rays sent the Cardinals a gift. A guy that I was really looking forward to seeing playing. And that was left-handed pitcher Matthew Libitor. And I don't know if you saw any of his numbers before. But this man, he's he's very impressive, too. He's one of those people that you're going to see a lot happen with. You know, He was drafted in, in 2018. I think he was like number 41 in the MLB pipeline. And um, put a bow on this gift because we also th- we're throwing in, sending to the Cardinals, a prospect, a Gargo Rodriguez. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, that was a nice gift. I looked at Matthew Libertor. I said, we're giving you a great gift. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, as a person, if you're just giving gift a gift, you don't expect to say, okay, how much does yours cost and how much is mine? But we expect a good reciprocal gift when it comes to baseball. And what did we get, uh, Cardinals? We got two outfielders. Okay, so that back in 2020, what were those two outfielders we got? And why did we need another outfielder? Didn't we have enough? My gosh. You know, I mean, we, we lost Tommy Pham, but we'll come back to that in a minute. But – do we need another outfielder? And I said, well, maybe we don't. And then you say, well, look at these guys that we're getting. The one started out pretty good. He he was a big fella, and I always loved to watch him at bat. He has a unique style when he approaches the plate. And that was Mr. Martinez. Mr. Jose Martinez, he came out, great expectations, just like I also had for Susugo and for Hunter Retro. But, um... Didn't really work out that well, you know. He he did okay. I liked him because he seemed like he was also in a leadership role for some of the the younger players. So I, I really liked having him there. But uh, eh, things weren't happening, so we regifted him <laughs> and we traded him to the Cubs. So what was the second part? Was well, since we got uh, gave away Libertor and we got back Martinez and we moved him on? Who was that second outfielder? also a gift from St. Louis Cardinals. And that was Mr. Randy Lucky Boots, a Rosarena boy. He, he brought a lot to us, didn't he, Brandon?
1: Yeah. And I remember Jose Martinez. He was kind of like the big piece of that trade. The Rays were getting, you know, both from the leadership side and on the playing side. And, you know, unfortunately for both sides, it didn't really work out and he ended up going to the Cubs and a Rosarena was kind of like a, a piece that they threw in there, you know, just for the trade to go through and seem somewhat more fair. And who could have seen a Rosarena coming up here and putting this team on its back and carrying it through the playoffs?
0: Who indeed? I mean, seeing that young man young man, because there were so many of our guys, unfortunately, whose bats just kind of went cool, I won't say code, but got a little cool in postseason and certainly in the World Series. But Rosarina, he brought. In, <clears throat> he, excuse me, he brought in a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and a lot of performance. So it was great to have him here, and I don't know that we would have seen a postseason without him. But you, you know definitely what? Boy, definitely not as long. No, it definitely
1: wouldn't have been as long as a playoff run if it wasn't him.
0: No, and you're absolutely right. And, it, and while we're talking about gifts from the Cardinals, we actually had another outfielder, but not during this trade a couple of years ago that they sent us who, who worked out pretty well and moved on. And that was Mr. Tommy Pham. And another one of those players, you, you know, you shake your head and you say, Eric, why, 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 is he, why are you letting this guy go? You know, obviously Tommy saw something he wanted more than what we had. But again, I, I can't critique or criticize. I should say Eric, because he has brought so many other great things to this team. And I mean, Randy Rosarina's is definitely, you know, there. Uh, Martinez was like, you know, it, it didn't work out as much as you'd like, but he was a good player. So there's been some really good gifts this season that we've had for the Rays and some that we've given as well. Okay, so let's take a look now. So after looking at all the gifts that we have and we've given, I'd like to make sure some gifts I'd like to see given to some people and, and certainly acknowledgement. This 2020 short season we would never have had the results in the regular season with the 40-20, you know, wins and losses if it hadn't been for some fantastic managers and coaches. And I want to give a tip of the hat, of course, to Mr. Kevin Cash, you know, who takes no prisoners and has a stable. <laughs> anyway, we all know about the stable. And uh, Kyle Snyder. Man, this is a guy who must just have such a great rapport with those pitchers. You know, you, you look out there and you see a Blake Snell. You know, you look out and you see a Tyler Glass now. And you know that while they have great ability and great performance, a lot of that comes from the mentoring and coaching of Kyle Snyder. Then we get to Chad Matola. He's the batting coach. And you heard his name a lot when Darno was with us. Darno had worked with him elsewhere with another team, and I can't remember who it was specifically. But. Matola really helped bring in and strengthen Travis Darno's batty. So I'm looking forward to see what he does as well. And not to shortchange him, but a couple of other coaches I want to give a tip of the hat to, and that's Mr. Ozzie Timmons, everybody's favorite on first base. Gives a lot of t- camera time because he is on first base. And his co-partner in crime, who doesn't get as much, but is also beloved and does a lot for the team besides standing at third base. And that's Mr. Rodney Linares. And lastly, the bench coach and that's Mr. Mike Quattraro. So, you know, Brandon, we we've been blessed as far as uh Rays fans that to have some fantastic people who stand behind that team, who guide them and coach it. And again, I'll say Eric Neander as well because all those people are making a difference.
1: Yeah, and you know, they really make the Rays the Rays because you know, they, they they don't complain about anything. They go out there, they do everything they can and they don't care who you are. They don't care what you think. And they just go out there and do their best to win. And they play like a, a team, you know, where they're greater than the sum of their parts.
0: I'm thankful for all these guys. Like I say they've all been gifts for us in the 2020 season. And while we're celebrating the holidays, what I do want to remind folks is there is a lot upcoming in 2021. We're expecting a whole a lot of different changes. You know, some of them we've already seen, some that are yet to come. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the resolutions for 2021, and what we would like for our as fans, and what we like for our players. One for me, I'd like to see another postseason to start with, and get to the World Series. Is that, is that asking too much?
1: No, not at all. I'm with I you.
0: Is. I don't think it is either. I think Cash will guide another great team in 2021. So we'll we'll see you there. I'm looking forward to that. And another gift I would like for the fans, and that's, that's some peace. Some peace because I feel like there's a little upheaval still, concerns about Montreal. And I want to tell you right now, I'm saying the heck of Montreal. I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. It's a 2028 issue, and I don't think anything's going to change on that. So I want to go ahead and have the peace and love this team while we have them here completely in Tampa. Things may change, but I'm not going to put myself out there and say, oh, yes, well, you know, we we can definitely turn all this around. Maybe we can. And maybe there's people out there who can do it. But I'm not going to allow that to impact my enjoyment of the game. Yeah,
1: that's kind of my, my, my wish list I have for this Christmas season with the Rays. And, you know, one of my resolutions is, you know, watch more games that aren't just a race. You know, I felt like this year it was, it was so compact with so much going on at once. I wasn't able to watch more teams play. And, you know, it felt so compact. I couldn't really take it all in and know more about the other teams. So that's my resolution is to watch more
0: teams. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It gives a sense of depth. You know, I'm with you on the the whole idea of uh, watching more games for other teams because that's one thing you see in the postseason because you say, okay, there's really only 30 teams, okay? there's 15 in the national League, 15 in the American League as of right now to be you know you're not going to be able to necessarily know every man on that roster of every team, but there are enough top players to get familiar with and enjoy, you know, watching. I mean, whether it's a DeGrom or a Max, you know, Max Wears or whoever it may be. There's a lot of great players out there you might not see on a regular basis, a Juan Soto. Those are players who who are very exciting. And to be able to watch those games throughout the season, I guess i got to figure out (laughs) where I'm going to get access to it. I mean, you and I both talk about I don't think there's enough access as it is on on regular cable for baseball, much less any talk about it. So, I want to see more. I enjoy our Rays. I want to see more of our Rays. But I'm, I'm with you 100 percent watching some other other games, getting more familiarized. Any other resolutions or gifts you want to share with our Rays?
1: Um, I have two things on my wish list, and you know, the first one I think is the biggest one for Rays fans, and that's a new stadium. And I would have loved to have seen the Ebor Stadium. I thought it was perfect for the Rays. You know. Everything about it wasn't big, but it was, you know, it was good enough to get the job done, and it, it was very nice for what was con- actually considered a low low cost stadium, in my opinion. Yeah. And the second is probably not realistic, but you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. But a new owner, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I think. Hello, Mr. Vinick.
1: Oh, I, I love that, but. I think everybody wins in this. You know, Little Stewie gets his money, and the fans get a new owner, like Mr. Vinnick, who I think everybody wants except Little Stewie. But yeah, Little Stewie gets his money, and the fans get an owner who, you know, is invested in the town. And, you know, maybe he'll turn this team around and we can actually get more guys for longer durations than what we get now instead so of just trading them away as soon as it's time to pay them.
0: Tampa Bay has to be part of that too. I mean, that, by that I mean the fans, the businesses, and everything else to boot. As much as I like to point the finger at Stu Sternberg, I would like to see more excitement from the local fans and the local business to make that happen. But the buck stops there at Mister Sternberg's feet, and let's hope that uh, <laughs> let's hope that twenty twenty one brings some of these things together. You know. I'm very thankful that we're all still here, that we were able to have a 60-game season, that there was something. But as far as being resolved, let's let's all hope and hold hands. (laughs) And I know that may sound a little silly, but I want to make sure maybe we don't hold hands (laughs) (laughs) this year. We will um, psychically hold hands and uh, bring goodwill. And I wish that to all of you who are listening and even the Boston Red Sox fans. <laughs> to, and look forward to a great 2021 season.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's, you know, closer to normal as the season goes on and you know, when it comes time for the playoffs we can hopefully get if not full but close to full stadiums and you know, this becomes a year where it's more of a return to normal.
0: I like that, Brandon. Return to normal. Well, that's something we look forward with all our friends. And we're so thankful for all of you all who joined us today on the Raise Up Baseball Edition here for our special Christmas edition. Any final words, Brandon?
1: Uh, thank you for listening and go raise.
0: And, and where can we find you again, this this new place on Twitter?
1: Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at SportsBlitzPod.
0: All right, and you can find us at the Baseball Biz, and that's on Twitter as well. Yeah, you can find us on all these different directories like Apple, iHeart, Podcast.google, Stitcher, etc. We're always glad to have you guys joining us, whatever portal you come through to us. And thank you very much. We're wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and look forward to talking with you again real soon. Also, a special thanks to RUX for the music Rocking Forward.